What's up, everybody? How you doing? Midway through the week. Almost Royal Rumble time for my WWE fans. Almost Conference Championship time for the rest... Sorry, Championship Sunday time for the everybody else. Except for the non-NFL fans or the boycotters. I don't know. Lay out the show for you. I'm going to start out talking about Kansas State and Baylor. That was an absolute dog walk for Baylor. And KU and Texas Tech... MLB lockout, Baseball Hall of Fame, yikes, some coaching news in the NFL, then we're going to take a break on the NFL, NBA tiers, my opinions on the Lakers and the Nets right now, and then my divisional round picks, then Friday, we'll get into that at the end of the show, but excuse Sports Entertainment episode 57, let's go, Kansas State versus Baylor, so not much to say there, I, I mean, if you want an idea of how the game went, have you ever seen a team just win in a miracle situation like Minis- like Minneapolis Miracle, right? And then the next week they get absolutely dog walks, like I said. The next week because they're just so burnt out or they have just a great game. And they, yeah, they lose, but they have a great game. They lose and just kind of gas themselves out in the next week again. When you use that term again, they get dog walked. And if you want an idea of what that means to know nobody what to the people that don't know what dog walk means, it means you grab them by the leash and you walk them around wherever you want them to go, and that's how the game goes, and that's how it went with Kansas State and Baylor. Kansas State played aggressive and overly aggressive and gassed themselves out again, probably ten minutes through the first half. Final score seventy four to forty nine. I can't even come up with a bright spot from that game from a Kansas State fan perspective. For the Big Twelve and for Baylor, it looks great because Baylor is dominant. And honestly, it's one of my favorites to win it all this year. Again, I think they can repeat. I think they have the team to repeat. It's just, are they going to deal with COVID again at the wrong time? Last year, it was three out of the middle of the season, beginning of the season, so it didn't really hurt them. Or they're going to have some sort, some sort of injury. Injury issues. Um, next up is another one of the Big 12, KU versus Texas Tech. I think KU is, again, I think they can be in that top five of one of the favorites to win it all this year. Yeah, I know the thing with KU and Bill Self. They always get to the Elite Eight, Final Four, and they just they just kind of collapse. I wouldn't say collapse, but they can't finish. Um, this KU team, I really like, dealt with a lot of COVID issues last year, more than Baylor did, and they ended up losing in the first round, which I kind of saw coming. I didn't see a lot of fire from them, disre- uh, kind of disregarding the COVID thing. I didn't see a lot of fire from them. Their offense wasn't that great. Their three-point shooting was not great. Situationally, basketball, in the last like couple minutes of the game and closing out, um, was not great at all. So, and this team's just completely different. You saw it against Kansas State. You saw it against Texas Tech. Won in overtime. Uh, ninety. Uh, sorry, ninety-four to ninety-one. So, great game by them. Uh, Bill Self. There's not much you can say about him and his leadership. Um, I kind of want to move on to the MLB lockout. There's not much to say with it. However, they are on consecutive days of meeting now, and there's quite a bit of progress being made. Um, I heard a comment on the Jim Rome show today. Can't remember who was who he was interviewing. NFL Insider. Uh, who was it? I'm sorry, I'm forgetting. See, due diligence again. Did not do it. Um, no, nah, I just didn't remember. Um, I listened to it just three. I just finished listening to it two or three hours ago. I always listen to it on Apple Podcasts after the hours drop. Um. Anyways, he said he hopes the MLB lockout last long enough to where they have a 60-game season, and his Padres are good in those sprints. They're just not good in the marathons. Rip. 
Um, Baseball Hall of Fame. David Ortiz is in. Okay. Alex Rodriguez is out. I think this is one of one of his first years of eligibility. I'm kidding. I just wanted I just wanted to sound like I didn't know what I was talking about. I'm kidding, but he actually got a very low rating. It was 35% voting. Now, attitudes should not come into play when it comes to Hall of Fame voting. Now, if you want to throw in PEDs, Okay, let's look at it this way. Barry Bonds was great before PEDs. But the thing with PEDs is they help with something. They help with pain and your stamina and your toughness. And it's like an extra push. I don't think that should totally disqualify you from the Hall of Fame. But at the same time, I kind of agree with the voters. Now, I think the voters are kind of very petty when it comes to this voting. Because in this political landscape we're in lately, and this leads me into Roger Clemens. This leads me into Roger Clemens. We all know who he is. We all know which side he leans on, okay? Um, there's no reason, and yes, I know he did use PEDs, but he was a three-time World Series champion, um, Cy Young Award winner. All-around great player. Yes. He does. Sorry, seven-time Cy Young Award winner. Two-times World Series he, World Series champion. That's my fault. However, there, he shouldn't be discounted from the Hall of Fame because of his personality. The PEDs? Let's argue that. All you want. But when you have somebody go in like David Ortiz, who was a great leader in baseball, he was entertaining... Yes, when he found out he was going to the Hall of Fame, he was with Pedro Martinez, so that was awesome. That was a great moment. A great moment for baseball. But the other three, if David Ortiz was... There was, a, there was a suspicion at one point in his career that he was using PEDs. Why are these other guys left out? Okay, you want to say Alex Rodriguez's attitude? Fine. You want to say Roger Clemens' personality? Fine. Even though I hate both of those Alex Rodriguez and Roger Clemens arguments. But you want to use the PEDs? I can kind of back that up. The other thing is because somebody votes differently than you do or because somebody is kind of arrogant. That's not a reason to keep somebody out of the Hall of Fame. I like what Roger Clemens said yesterday about the Hall of Fame. Remember, this is his final year of eligibility. It's all love for MLB All-Star Roger Clemens. Did you ever dream of seeing Sorry about that, my computer. I look through stuff now when I'm doing this, so it doesn't look like I didn't do my due diligence. Um, I bring up all my links, and that's an ad popped up when I clicked on one of them. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> and this is Roger Clemens in a tweet. My family and I put the Hall of Fame in the rearview mirror 10 years ago. I didn't play baseball to get in the Hall of Fame. Says here, Clemens wrote in a Twitter post on Tuesday encouraging longtime fans. I played to make a generational difference in the lives of my family, then focus on winning championships while giving back to my community and fans as well. It was my passion. I gave it all I had the right way for my family and for the fans who supported me. He says, he goes on to say he is grateful for the support. I would like to thank those who took the time to look at the facts and vote for me. 
Hopefully everyone can now close this book and keep their eyes eyes forward, focusing on what is really important important in life. All love. It's great to see. Great to see how he feels. Now, can we move on from this? Yes, the Hall of Fame, fame Hall of Fame voting is not the is not the best. And as sports fans, we look at some of these leagues and think they're perfect. The league's not perfect. The NFL is not perfect. The MLB is not perfect. The NBA, the NHL is not perfect. But we love the sport. MLB might be handling baseball the worst right now. But it's still a great sport. It's an all-time, it's America's greatest pastime for a reason. NBA, I think they're doing pretty well. I'm not a big fan of this playoff seating, but I think they're doing pretty well. The NFL... I'm not a big fan of their playoff overtime rules. I was not clear on that the other day. I think the playoff overtime rules um, should be changed with the regular season. I'm fine with how the regular season is. Um, basically sudden death in a sense. But um, And then the playoffs, it needs to be changed just a little bit. Just tweaked. Not totally changed, but just tweaked. Um, anyways. You can be mad at the league all you want, but don't hate the sport. Don't turn your back on the sport. Okay? You want to... I don't know. I don't. I don't want to dive too far into this. Um, you know, I'm gonna take a break because I'm kind of get myself worked up a little bit over something I can't control. So don't get yourself something. Don't get yourself worked up over something you can't control. That's my advice for today on Enskeep Sports and Entertainment episode 57. Stay tuned. back feeling better than ever water break maybe i should take a drink of water before i come back saying i'm better than ever but heading into some nfl front office head coaching news um shocker yesterday sean payton and there was some rumors leading up to this about a week before or the weekend before this this past weekend sean payton has notified the saints that he's stepping away from football stepping away from coaching I shouldn't say stepping away from football because of his press conference yesterday, which was about an hour and a half, so I can't even pull anything away from it except one thing. Um, Before I get to that, he said he was stepping away. He said he did not like the word retirement. He did not want to use that. He has three years left on his contract. Um, Essentially, he could be traded if he didn't want to coach the Saints anymore and wanted to go coach somewhere else, essentially. Yes, you can trade coaches. That's still a thing, even though it has been done in I don't know how long. Um, Sean Payton was asked about TV, being an analyst. And he said, you know, I think I'd be good at that. And if you listen to the Pat McAfee show, which I'm sure some of you don't like, and I understand reasons why, but I enjoy the show. It's my cup of tea. Pat McAfee and Jim Rome is probably my favorite shows I I like to listen to. Favorite sports talk show I like to watch while we're talking about it? I'd say pardon the interruption. Anyways, um... Aaron Andrews was on Pat McAfee today. Was asking about was asked about Sean Payton and what she thought of it, and she was asked about how he would do on TV. 
and said, yeah, his press conference was not as long as you would think because a lot of his meetings with Fox when they were going over the depth chart was an hour and a half. And he was going through every single player, just everything. So he'd be great with the way he talks and the way he breaks down things. So he'd be great on TV. If you want my prediction, I think he steps away for a year or two. And I think he comes back to the Saints or somebody who's wanted him as head coach for a long time, Jerry Jones. I think that'd be a great fit. I still have some gripe with the Saints and Sean Payton from the Bounty Gate perspective or Bounty Gate issue. Um, You do remember episode 54 when I had Caleb on, um, my buddy, my childhood friend, the defensive line coach at Friends University. He said you kind of, when you begin into the coaching role, you kind of take away that fan perspective and you have a new outlook on sports. And I'm starting to get that, even though I'm really not making anything off of this podcast. And it's just for fun. So I'm trying to become up with a new outlook. No more hating sports teams. No more hating this guy for that. I'm still a little salty about Bounty Gate, though. Yes, I forgive Sean Payton. Yes, he has turned himself around. Um, and he wasn't a bad guy by any means. It's just the Bounty Gate thing was kind of uncalled for. It was unnecessary. But that's over with. This is 11 years later. 10 years later. 10 to 11 years later is how I should have said that. But also, if you want me to look at Sean Payton, he was a great coach, but how great was he? How many Super Bowls have they won since then? None. How many conference championships have they been to? I think two. If that. They've done great in the regular season for the most part. But however, there was a few seasons where they were 7-9, and 8-8. Eight and eight. With guys like Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, Marcus, Marshawn Lattimore, Michael Thomas. Couldn't, couldn't finish. So maybe he does need to step away. I think he does. With Bounty Gate years ago, and then all these failed playoff seasons, all these failed regular seasons with all the talent he had, I think it's good for him to take a break and take a look at football as a whole and see where he's at in life and mentally. Still young for a head coach. Young-ish. Or how old he is. I think if he goes to Dallas, I think that would be a great pairing with him and Dak Prescott. I'm not going to say Cowboys would win a Super Bowl because we saw how he did with Drew Brees those last 10 years. Someone who I think would do great at a new destination, current offensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is Byron Leftwich as a head coach of Jacksonville. I like what he's done with the Bucs offense. He let Tom Brady do his thing. He coached up everybody else. And that offense was nearly unstoppable at times for these two years. Now, this is not finalized. Currently, the Jacksonville Jacksonville Jaguars are working on a deal to sign him. It's basically more of a possibility they're trying to finalize a deal. According to multiple sources like Yahoo Sports and NBC Sports. And Byron Leftwich is all about the players. That would be a whole new change from the past few years. In this past year, definitely. Byron Leftwich, working with guys like Trevor Lawrence, Tyson Etienne, James Robinson, DJ Chark, Lucas Chenault. I'm liking that offense. And the defense isn't too shabby either with Josh Allen and Miles Jack. I think that'd be pretty good. Chicago Bears got a new GM, Ryan Poles from the Chiefs. 
was a director of player personnel, or assistant director of player personnel. What does he go out and do not even two days in? Immediately interviews Jim Caldwell. Brings him in for a second interview. What does Jim Caldwell do? Brings a whole set, and this is not new. This is something most head coaches do for a second interview. First interview, it's probably different. Second interview is more normal. Jim Caldwell brings in a whole set of an offense to show what he would do with Justin Fields. An offense based around Justin Fields. I think they'd be a great hire for Chicago. Don't know if they would turn him around right away, but Jim Caldwell, he's got the resume. And let's take a look at it. He's coached for the Indianapolis Colts, Detroit Lions. Still don't know why Detroit fired him. Assistant head coach and quarterbacks coach in Indy from 2002 to 2011. Head coach for the Ravens. Sorry. Assistant coach and assistant head coach and quarterbacks coach from 2002 to 2008. Indianapolis Colts head coach from 2009 to 2011. Was at that Super Bowl against the Saints. Ravens quarterback coach in 2012. OC in 2013. Detroit Lions head coach in 2014 2017. Last time he was in the league was in 2019. With the Dolphins as assistant head coach and quarterbacks coach again. So basically what I'm saying is if he goes to Chicago, watch out NFC North, especially if Aaron Rodgers is gone. Which I have a comment on Wisconsin sports here in a second. NBA tiers. I name these differently. I'm going to break these down. Nothing is changing unless another plague happens or the sun explodes. The Suns and the Warriors, one and two, best teams in the NBA. There's not much else to say. Now, this show is sports and entertainment. There's the big screen, movies. There's a silver screen, TV shows. Which is technically the movie scene, but I consider the solo screen, the TV shows, eh, fine. Small screen, whatever you want to call it. Memphis. Health and safety protocols have derailed them just a bit, but but John Morant in the meantime is able to carry this offense. Next up is the Miami Heat. Eric Spolstra, Jimmy Butler, and Bam Adebayo. If they can keep it rolling, they're going to roll right onto the playoffs and make a lot of noise. Milwaukee Bucks. With Aaron Rodgers possibly gone, Giannis is now carrying Wisconsin sports. He is the king of Wisconsin right now. Next up, Chicago Bulls. Injuries are a factor with this team's struggles right now. Have no fear, though. They have one of the most talented rosters in the East. Most consistent when hot. Remember, trust, talent, and right. Who's right? What do I mean by right? I mean, who's healthiest? And who's the hottest? Okay. Next up, Philadelphia 76ers. They're 13-4 since dropping to 500 midseason. If they can just stay consistent and work together as a team, I could see them... No, I can't. Sorry. I can't see them go much further than the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, Brooklyn Nets, I have them on here, but there's too many issues, but talent alone can get them far. I think there's way too many issues. Speaking of the Nets, Lakers versus Nets. LeBron, AD, and Russ mesh well, finally, in this one game. 
I don't really want to talk about the Lakers. I think it's awesome that LeBron is going to be leading the league in scoring by the end of the year in his 19th year at age 37. It is ridiculous. If him and AD could stay healthy, the Lakers will be just fine. But they're 24 and 24. And they don't spell success right now. They are barely sitting at the 8th seed. Barely. Just barely. With the Clippers right behind them. Who know how to win without their stars. Moving on to the Nets. James Harden has reasons to be mad. He's, there's reports out that he doesn't want to be in Brooklyn. He doesn't like the city of Brooklyn. Because of the weather. Which, I don't know why you went there in the first place. Oh yeah, because you thought you'd be playing with KD and Kyrie every night. Yes, Kyrie's making his own decision for his own health and his own beliefs. Fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But when it costs you your costs your team success and frustrates everybody on the team, that becomes an issue. James Harden has no has multiple has multiple reasons to be mad. And I for one don't disagree with him. I don't. Moving on to the divisional round, because I'm gonna break down the div- the divisional round or sorry. Divisional round? Inskeep's turnover-worthy moment right there. Conference Championship Sunday. Championship Sunday picks. Moving on to that, and I'll break down the games in more detail this Friday. Bagels versus Chiefs. The game's at Arrowhead. G-E-H-A Field, Arrowhead Stadium. That's a tongue twister. Say that five times fast. If Tyron Matthews back, I'll be honest, I think the Chiefs are winning either way. I'm not trying to be biased. I don't have an issue with the Bengals at all. I love Joe Burrow. I know Jamar Chase broke records, set records last time he played us. But if you look at some pictures of Jamar sort of mossing Traverius Ward, him and Traverius Ward were fighting for that ball, and Chase just won a bit more in that game. Um, the Chiefs' offense did everything they could. I know the second half, they kind of let them down, but the defense, if they just made one stop, they win that game. Chiefs win that game. And there's more on the line in this game. I think the Chiefs, their experience takes it. This is where the trust comes in. I actually trust the Bengals, but I trust the Chiefs a bit more. I don't think it's a blowout, but I think Chiefs do kind of get away with it a little bit at the end. I think Chiefs win 41-28. to Again, I'm going to dive into that more on Friday. 49ers versus Rams. So the 49ers have beaten the Rams six times in a row. Why? What have you heard on every sports talk show? The 49ers are confident. They kind of have, they're out for blood. They're playing more physical than anybody. They out-physicaled Green Bay. They outplayed Green Bay. They outplayed Dallas. They outsmarted Dallas. And I actually think Dallas and Green Bay are far more talented teams than San Francisco. Nine times out of ten, Dallas and Green Bay beat them. But San Francisco is physical and tough as hell. I don't think they win this game. I think Sean McVay finally gets a win versus Kyle Shanahan. I think Rams win 22-17, to but it can go either way. Just like the AFC Championship, it can go either way. But with the Chiefs at home, there's more on the line. 
They're not happy with how they played against since the first time. They're on one right now. Now, I know the Chiefs did have a fantastic win, a miracle-type win with 13 seconds to go, and then the overtime win. But the Chiefs aren't the Vikings. The Chiefs aren't Kansas State basketball. They're not going to fall on their face next week, this week. It is. It would be a Chiefs thing to do. I've seen it my whole life. But I don't see that happening. Okay, Friday, I'm breaking down the Royal Rumble and the rules of a Royal Rumble match for you non-wrestling fans to kind of get an idea of what it is. I'm going to give you my top five moments ever in Royal Rumble history and what I think could happen. I'm going to break down the show and I'm going to break down the division round matchups. I might talk about Kansas State and Ole Miss and then the bit and then the interleague play this week or the cross conference play, whatever NCAA calls it for this Saturday. So it could be three things, could be just the two things, WWE, NFL, a little bit of college basketball as well. And Skip Sports and Entertainment, episode fifty seven. I'm out. Mm-hmm.